Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. This sermon is a part of our fall series, Created, Made for More, focusing our hearts toward biblical manhood and womanhood. God's beautiful design will lead us toward the flourishing He intends for us. I wanted to take a moment to tell you why this series. Why are we even talking about this? Um... Why is it important how God designed things to work? Why is it important how God designed you to work? How he designed you to operate? Why is that important? And distinctly, why is it important to know what the difference between men and women is? And well, we found out in the very first week that the culture is defining that very loosely. Um, I remember several years ago, do you, you remember Ebola? You remember Ebola? Um, I remember a story that came out of Spain, okay? A nurse contracted Ebola. Just to kind of show you why we think something's broken, why we can see something's broken. This nurse in Spain contracts Ebola. They quarantine her husband and euthanize her dog. Because if you remember... Animals could transmit Ebola, as, as many other things. But the riots that broke out in Spain over euthanizing that dog that carried a 50, over 50% dead mortality rate. They were rioting, rioting. Now listen, and let me tell you something. It shows us that there's a little bit of a mix-up, that there's a way heavy priority put on animals because look there are people in this country and in this world who will riot all day about a dog being in a pen but won't say anything about killing babies now we have said in the past um, that when I can't talk about abortion without saying that we are also pro-mom but it, it shows a distortion it shows a distortion. People rioting over this dog being euthanized that would kill half the people in this room. Now look, I'm a dog lover. I have a dog. His name's CJ. He's worthless. <laughs> what do you mean he's worthless? You could be an armed intruder, but if you have a hamburger in your hand, it don't matter. He will. He'll whine. You know, come on up to you. I love my dog. Now, he's not in our family photos. No, no, he's not in our family photos. And, and uh, we buy him toys and food and put a roof over his head. We don't buy him clothes. No. I, that's a line I just can't get across, okay? I can't, I can't start buying clothes from a dog. Can't do it. I'm, look, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, I'm just saying it's not right. <laughs> but it shows a distortion in our worldview that the culture around us would oftentimes, whereas Scripture would tell us, Scripture would tell us that you and I have an elevated worth to God because we bear the image of God. The rest of creation does not. We bear the very image of God. 
and I'll tread lightly here just because you, you realize when I preach, I have no idea who deals with what. There's no download up here. There's no screen above your head where I can read your news, okay, and see all the darkness in you, even though I know it's there. But there were, a couple years ago, there was a big wrestle where I came, uh, where I came from on the other side of the river, um, or down the river more than anything, um, in New Kent, out in Gloucester, where there was a warring over transgender bathroom rights. And where, um, have you seen that stuff? You've seen it on the news. You've seen it on the news. Um, and the, uh, there was also news coming out uh, several years ago out of Texas where a governor made a declaration that uh, in this case where a 40-year-old biological male who identified as female wanted to use the female restroom. That's wild. Now, before y'all all get nervous, like, oh, what, what, what if a transgender person is watching? What if somebody from the LGBTQ community is watching? We cannot ignore Scripture, okay, to just make others feel better. You realize it is Scripture that convicts me of, of my darkness? It is Scripture that does that. So we have to look at it. Now, that is wild because, listen, there is something wrong when it's okay for a 40-year-old biological male to use the restroom with my daughter. It's a distortion of how God has designed, everybody say design, designed things to work. Now, here's where Christians mess up, okay? So I'm going to come over here. This is where Christians mess up. Christians mess up in saying this. You'll look at those people from the LGBT community, and you'll say, they're disgusting. You'll, you'll talk down to them. You'll, you'll look at them with weird eyes. You won't associate with them, and that is just as unchristian. That 40-year-old brother, I want to love. I want to care for. I want to walk alongside, but I don't want him in the bathroom with my daughter, and that's okay. That's okay to say, it's okay to, to, to land there despite what culture would say because that 40-year-old man is still born in the image of God. That 40-year-old man who is battling and, and wrestling for what, because something just doesn't feel right, okay? Something just feels like it should be different. We all feel that. Don't you feel that sometimes? Like, man, this, this world should be different. This doesn't seem right. They are wrestling with the same questions, the same fears. And it is my call scripturally to come alongside them and not judge them, but to love them. Y'all realize it's not the Christian's job to change anybody. The Holy Spirit does that. You realize you're not the determiner of sin. God is. His word is. And so we, we can recognize that something is a, is a jar. Something's messed up. The wheels on the design of God are shaking in our culture and wobbling 
And it's important for us to recognize. That's why we're doing this series. That's why we're talking about this. It's not to condemn anybody. If you're watching today and you, this is something that is uncomfortable for you to hear, one of the very first things we said in this room, in this church, this should be a place, the church should be a place of safety for those who are wrestling with their sin, with their brokenness. Be, much less we be that Christian that stands back and says, oh, those people are disgusting, they're of the devil. Well, so were you. You are just as broken. And just because your brokenness looks different does not make you any higher in the love of God. Hear me, Christian, we need to love people. Hear me, LGBTQIA community. God loves you, and you can find your origin and purpose in him. Oh, yeah, you can, absolutely. Week one, we talked about the beginning, that we find our origin and purpose in God, week one. Week two, let me get my thing out here. Yep. Oh, I'm going to do, do great this Sunday. What? I just, I have goals. I don't want you falling asleep. Elbow your neighbor. Say, wake up. He's not going to be as long this Sunday. After that video, I'm going to have to put together my resume. Um, I might not have a job on Monday. The, uh, in week two, we talked about the Imago Day. So we find our origin purpose in God, and then he created all of creation, but then he created mankind, you and I, elevated, because he created us in his image. And we said how we view humanity matters. How we view humanity matters. How we view each other matters. Please don't take your cues from a news source or social media on what you should think about other people. Please don't do that. There is one source. Uh-oh, I'm about to preach. There's one source where we find how we should view and interact with others here in his word In week three, we talked about man's purpose. And we said man's purpose was to work it and keep it. Work it and keep it. Work wasn't something that came because of sin. Work was your, men, hear me, it was your mandate before sin. It was just easier. We said, um, we defined it as headship. The unique leadership of the man in the work of establishing order for human flourishing. And so the way that works itself out, to work it, we said that headship works itself out in the home church community this way, through sacrificial love. That the very first way a man, a biblical man, not a boy, not a boy that can shave, but a biblical man, the way he operates, is by dying to himself for his family. He is wrung out. He is tired. He does not go to comfort or the couch. 
He does not lean to his own understanding. He does not give in to just what, just to be a consumer. Because I'll tell you something, where men are takers and not givers, there's no biblical manhood to be found. A man who comes home to take and not give, that is not manhood. We said he sets the spiritual tone. Men, we should be setting, we should be leading by example. We should not, men and women, hear me, we should not be confused why our kids don't want to come to church or be involved in church when our own involvement is flighty. We should not be confused when our kids go home and don't uh, do their Bible studies and things because you check out of Jesus on Sunday morning when you leave here and you don't see him again until the next week at 10 a.m. There is a reason that God has called us to set the environment. Men, we should be setting the direction. Unless you think that I'm nailing this, I am not. He is still working on me to make me what I ought to be. What was that song? Moon and the star. Yeah, you remember that? If you don't go to church, you have no idea what I'm talking about. So I'll move on. And then physical care. We talked about physical care. And then we were to keep it. Uh, we talked about protecting what God had created. That's what men were called to do. Work it and keep it. And we talked about the boys in Aurora. Many, many, many years ago that were at the movie theater and dove on top of their girlfriends. Not their wives, not their moms, not their sisters. Because that seems to have an elevated weight. They dived on top of their girlfriends. And two of the girls took bullets all three girls lived. Two of them took bullets because of the bullets passing through their boyfriends onto them. And they were celebrated. And just a couple months earlier, there was a cruise ship off the coast of Italy that overturned, capsized. And there were men pushing women and kids, people aside to get on lifeboats. And it was internationally condemned. Why? Because we all know it. Whether you're Christian or not, you know this. We need to protect all that God has given us. Where men punt on that, you see ruin. But where men cultivate and sacrifice and, and, and lead spiritually, and I try not to use the word lead too much because I've seen my mama led spiritually in our house. My dad was, wasn't around after about 11, 12 years of my life. And my mom made sure we were in church. And so I like to... Uh, we said a couple weeks ago that where the um, ideal is lacking, grace abounds. God's grace abounds. Single mom, widow. Where men, though, cultivate. There's no doormat mentality. There's no women saying, oh, I'm suppressed. No, You're, the women, men in your life should look like well-watered vines is what Scripture tells us. Week four, we talked about man's challenges, sin um, being universally devastating, that men are prone to selfish passivity and aggression. And then last week, 
We said the reason, the only reason that men can be men of God, biblical men, is because our answer is Jesus. Our answer to sin is Jesus. Our answer to biblical manhood is Jesus. The answer to our marriage problems is Jesus. The answer to our kids and their futures is Jesus. The answer to our brokenness and our healing, our jobs, it's Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus is the answer. And look, that's not going to change in a couple weeks when we talk about women. Okay? He's the answer for women too. Oh, glory. If we had an organ player, I might have just closed the service right there. (laughs) Genesis 2, I want to read 18 through 25 very quickly and then we'll close. Genesis 2, 18 through 25. Done our recap. Hear the word of the Lord. Verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good. Everybody say, not good. For the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals And all the birds of the sky, he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper just right for him. Verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall uh, fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept... The Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone for my bone and flesh for my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. Verses 24 and 25. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two become one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Just quickly, I need to point to something in Scripture in order for us to pivot. And that is this. Man is incomplete without woman. Man is incomplete. And I'm not just talking about marriage here. I'm talking about in the call of God to to cultivate and flourish. Flourishing cannot happen without the two together. God had made, at this point, he had looked at everything he created and said, it's either good or it's very good. He made the sky. It's good. Evening and morning were the first day. And he saw that it was good. And it it did all this. He created everything. Said it was good or very good. And we can see everything was good or very good until this very moment. Man was alone. Have you ever 
Have you ever been alone? Just anybody in here? Have you ever just felt alone like no one around? This picture in Scripture is beautiful. He's created all this magnificent, beautiful place. And, and he placed Adam in it. And, and God stepped back and he looked at it and he said this. This is not good. This is not ideal. What you see, he said it wasn't complete. Is basically what he said. This isn't complete yet. All through the creation narrative, we see where God created this and paired it with something else and then said, okay, this is good. You don't see the sky without the birds. You don't, the ocean, the sea, it was not fully the sea without the fish in it. Earth was not complete without mankind. The work, the calling at hand, the job we have to do can only be best achieved together and God needed a partner for Adam. Say partner. I need you to hear this very clearly. Women are not a second thought to the king of glory. Women are not a second thought to the king of glory. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean, a lot of people look at this text and say, oh, well, Adam, um, you know, uh, women were kind of like the backstop. You know, they were kind of like, oh, well, let's try this. No, that was not the case. In fact, women were created distinct with purpose all on their own. And we'll find out what that purpose is next week. So come back next week. But it works itself out, obviously, in husband and wife, but also just male and female. Just brothers and sisters in the faith. You know, we couldn't do what we do here without Sandra Jones, working alongside me and the rest of the team to, to feed many, many people. And let me tell you this, um, while I'm talking about it, that must have been the Holy Spirit reminding me to say this. The food pantry needs food. Everybody say food. Say it again. Yeah, this sounds good. I'm hungry. <laughs> they need some things. Applesauce, canned fruit, spaghetti noodles, spaghetti sauce, yum. Rice, instant potatoes, taco shells. Anybody hungry yet? Cereal, oatmeal, peanut butter, jelly. Yes. Ravioli. Glory to God. Canned tuna. Canned vegetable soups, beef stew. That food pantry's been running like a jaguar. I mean, feeding family after family. We fed six families, I think, the last um, two weekends in a row. Uh, and it's only going to go up. We need your help. So if you could go clean out your pantry, and if you're watching online, you can do that too, and just drop it off here at the church. You can do that nine to one. Uh, Tuesday through Friday, or bring it on Sundays and set it right under this table out here. If you bring it during the week, uh, just bring it over to the office. Um, God is doing big things uh, through our food pantry. Um, now, back to this. I want to say just a word to singles, okay? It's very easy to, when, when you preach a sermon about being incomplete, 
um, for a single man or a single woman to say, well, what do I do if I'm incomplete? One, you don't have to be married to work with your brothers and sisters in the faith. But most importantly, I want you to hear this. uh, The call of God is not waiting on your spouse. Now, married, married folks, let me talk to you for a second. Why is that important to know for married folks? Why is it important to know that, that single people aren't waiting on their spouse for the call of God? Because we need to be encouraging our single brothers and sisters to get going. We need to encourage them in how, what biblical manhood and womanhood look from a single state. It is not sinful to be single. In fact, Paul would tell us in 1 Corinthians 32 through 35, a single person is undivided. I can tell you, I remember when I was single. I remember. Now look, some of y'all were like, he's about to dig himself a hole to lay in. I'm not, I promise. When I was interning, I would go to school during the day at Lee University I would get off of work. I would go um, to the church and work, okay, until I went to work at night at 7 p.m. at a bakery as a security guard. Yes, your pastor was a security guard guarding pecan wheels. Hey, yes, and they were free to the security team. My metabolism worked different then. So I would work seven to seven. Yeah, I know. I would wake up uh, or get off of work. Sometimes wake up and get off of work because that's long. That's a long time to work, uh, pecan wheels or not. Uh, and then I would go home, take a nap, and go, go to class. You needed something? You call me at 2 a.m. I'm ready. Let's go. You call me past 9 o'clock now, somebody better have died. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm going to say, hey, I don't want to go to Waffle House at 10 o'clock at night. Why? Because my, my, I'm divided. That's not a bad thing. But for those who are single, hear me, the call of God is not waiting on your spouse. And so as I close, you guys can come on up. I just want to say a word to women here. The Lord has fashioned you, and it is God himself that presents you. God's craftsmanship is seen beautifully in you, whether you have a husband or not. Your value and worth is not found in marriage, but in the act of God placing, in placing you as needed and necessary for human flourishing. I just talked to a friend, really good friend this week, who's battled disability and disease, lost her job because of it. And her, and, and she was telling me that she kind of lost herself because it was all tied up in her clientele, it was tied up in her career, it was defined by it. 
Hear me, women, today. You're not defined by your husband. You're not, a lot of people look at my wife and, and think, oh, that's the pastor's wife. No, she's her own beast. Trust me, she is her own rodeo. She's not defined by me. She's defined by the king. Because here's what happens. You put your definition. You start defining your identity and how you're designed to be attached to your career as a homemaker or a mom or how you're talented. And as soon as those things fade, your identity fades. And you don't know who you are. Hear me, daughter. You are a daughter of the king. That is where your identity is. And that will never fade. That will never be lost when this world and its tipsy top, all kinds of crazy, the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his design for you isn't dependent on what you do. It's dependent on who he is. And he's placed you as needed and necessary, distinct, all on your own. Leading out, as we'll find next week, helping the cultivating of humanity. Men need to recognize their need for women to do all that God has called them to do. Men will be the very first ones to say, I can do this by myself. You ever find a man in the middle of a project he couldn't do on his own? Yeah. It's a mess. It's a mess. Look, some of the men in the room are like, you ain't no man then. I have found myself in many a project that if my wife had not come along and straightened that baby out, we probably wouldn't be here. You probably wouldn't be sitting in that pew. I'll tell you that. I'm a big picture kind of person. I'm up here. Don't bother me with the details. They'll figure themselves out. And look, I've seen women as well that have big vision and men who are detail-oriented, so I'm not tying anything to a certain gender here. What I am saying is this. You need each other. Men, you cannot do all that God has called you to do to lead your homes, churches, and communities without women. Can't be done. And if, it's, and if you think it's being done, it's not being done right. Don't dismiss their intellect. Don't squash their giftings. Men, we should be creating lanes for our women to lead out in all God has created them to do. Where men and women come together in their unique design and giftings. Families, communities, and churches will flourish. Is your life not flourishing? Hit the rewind button. Take a look at the design. Next week, we're going to jump into women's purpose. It's going to be a good week. I had all the women on our staff review my sermon notes before I preach it. Yeah, yeah. It's smart, I know. Would you take a moment this morning to pray for your brothers and sisters? Men, pray for your your wives, your moms, your sisters, your 
uh, sisters in faith in the room. Women, pray for the men in your life. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.